Let us now turn to the book of 2 Peter, chapter 3, verse 18. I was thinking there's a lot more than that, but that's my fault for working on two or three sermons at once. 2 Peter, chapter 3, verse 18. If you could please stand to honor the reading of God's word. This is only for a moment. 2 Peter, chapter 3, verse 18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, excuse me, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The school year is coming to an end, as the young people can honestly say amen. Can you say amen, kids? Amen, he says. And You know, I, I think that's probably the most... The most truth I heard from my nephew, and I don't mean truth, but I mean, he said that with conviction. Okay, so the school year is coming to an end. He's happy about that. But, you know, when the school year was coming to an end, and we could all say yay for them, that is, I remember being nervous and happy and all that stuff at the same time. Why was I nervous? I was nervous because the report card was coming out with it. Maybe, maybe I'm not alone with that. Maybe I was sometimes very lazy. And maybe I was wanting to play more than I was wanting to work. I don't know. But I remember that I had my own attitude, my own idea, my own definition of what the grades meant. Now, remember, you're not going to find this in a dictionary because this is my own dictionary. An A plus and the A family, I'm talking about A plus, A or A minus, all had different uh, definitions to it for me. It meant amazing or awesome, usually awesome. That's what it meant when I got an A or A plus or anything like that. Amazing or awesome. If I got a B plus, by the way, getting an A was rare for me. <laughs> I'm not saying totally rare because it depends on what I was taking, art and all that. I usually got that. Or a B, you get a B plus or a B family meant not bad, better than it, than below B. That's what that meant for me. So then there was the C plus or the C family. It meant could be worse, but can be better. That's what it meant for me. Then there is the D plus, the D plus or the D family. It meant, dear Lord, help me because that meant dad and mom would be talking to me. And then there was F. There's no F plus. There's no F family, it's just F. And what that meant was father God who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's usually what that meant. <laughs> Because we knew that there was a big discussion was going to happen. And that usually meant when I said Father God already had that father friend, my dad was going to have a discussion and it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty at all. <laughs> oh, if, if also meant I was going to freak out because I knew I was in trouble. The title of today's sermon really has nothing to do with those grades. It has to do with another grade in a sense. And it, that's because the title is C plus in Christian citizenship. Now let's see what those C's stand for in Christian citizenship. Well, C, <clears throat> in the beginning here, C stands for caring, compassionate, cordial. Now what's cordial mean? Cordial means uh, kind and friendly, and that's all good. The other C is for considerate. Considerate. Now, we need to be considerate enough because a lot of times people mean we need to be considerate and loving and kind and never tell people when they're wrong. Well, that's not true because to be considerate means be considerate enough to tell the truth. That means absolute truth, but with respect and love, because that's what C stands for. Once again, caring, compassionate, cordial, that means kind of friendly, and considerate, considerate enough. 
to tell the absolute truth with respect to love. This is all true. So I've got a few scriptures I'm going to read to you today about these things. Believe me, there's plenty more we're going to read to you today. So Ephesians 4.32, Ephesians 4.32 says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. We need to be that. Just as God in Christ also forgave you. We need to remember that. Now, a lot of times people will hear this and they think that means it's okay to go out and sin. We need to be forgiving of that. We do, but that doesn't mean it's okay to go out and sin. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Listen to this one. You're going to like this a lot, I think. This is Romans chapter 13. Roman, did I say 18? No, 13. Chapter 13, verse 8 through 10. I like this. It says, owe no one anything except, this is what we do owe, except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. You've got to remember there was a law at the time to do the, all these things. But Christ has fulfilled that law. So this one goes on to say in verse 9. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. That means sex out of wedlock or cheating on your, your, your spouse. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. That means lying. You shall not covet. It means wanting something that doesn't belong to you, belongs to another. And if there is another... Is if there are any other commandments, they are all summed up by saying, by this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Remember what I'm always saying, Jesus, others, you, Jesus, then others, then you. That means joy, Jesus, others, you. This is what it says in verse 10. Love works no evil to a neighbor. That means anyone else, not necessarily someone who just lives next door to you. Love works no evil to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Isn't that beautiful? Love is the fulfillment of the law. I like what it says in Hebrews 12, 14. And remember, Paul, or whoever wrote it, was speaking to those who were Jewish and who believed that they had to fulfill all the law on their own. It says, pursue peace with all men. That means everybody. And the holiness without which no one, I mean, holiness of the Lord, without which no one will see the Lord. In other words, without Christ, we would not see the Lord without that holiness of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm going to finish up this part about the caring, the compassion, the being cordial, kind, loving, and considerate. I'll finish it with this one statement written by Paul to the Galatians. In Galatians 6, verse 10, Therefore, Galatians 6, 10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. But listen to this part. Especially to those who are in the household of faith. That means your brothers and sisters of Christ, especially to them. Why? Are they better? No. It means they are related. They are your family. They are your brothers and sisters in Christ. Be loving to them. Because you know what they're going through. You know that one day they might make a mistake. They might flounder a little bit. That might mean they may, they may trip. They might make a big mistake. They may make a little mistake, but be loving to them. They may be going through a horrible situation in their life, and they need their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to help lift them up. It could very well be that they might lose a loved one. They need you. They need you to be their strength. It could very well be that they have made a mistake and they need your help. It might be that they're having a hard time at their job and they need your help. It could very well be 
that their neighbor literally in the city and they need your help because they might be tempted to get in the flesh and say something they shouldn't. It could be they're having financial difficulties and they need your help. It could be that they are, are, are having a difficulty in their life. They're going through difficulties with relationships and other things and they need your help. It could be that they feel unloved and they need your help. It could be that they are, are having a hard time with their relationship with the Lord and they need your help. We need to be there for one another. Be caring, compassionate, cordial, kind of friendly, and considerate. That doesn't mean to say it's okay not to be godly in our actions. It simply means to be understanding even when we make our mistakes. Not understanding about the mistake, but understanding about the one who made it. And say, I've been there, I've done that. And if we've ever said that we've never made a mistake, whoo, whoop, Pinocchio has entered the building. <laughs> I would be an ugly Pinocchio, but I can tell you this. Thank God that he has helped me in my moments. He has strengthened me and helped me to get back up again. Now, here is the C minus. We're going to enter the C minus moment. C minus stands for corrosion and carnality. Now, I know if we were really grading people, that would be an F for failing. Well, we all done that, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about what C stands for. C minus is the corrosion and carnality. Because when you get to C minus, you're getting right before you get to the D, which is, dear Lord, help me. And, and that just is one step before you get to Father God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So we definitely don't want to get near the C minuses. I remember when I get those grade cards, I say, well, uh-oh, well, at least it's a C plus. At least it's not a C minus. And then when we go, boom, to the C, then boom, to the C minus. Like, oh, no, because I knew I was real close. I was getting real close. But C minus is corrosion and carnality. That means they're getting into the sinful moments. Sinful moments. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. There are certain C's in the C minuses that we're going to talk about. Carelessness. Being careless. I think we've been careless, all of us. I, I used to drop stuff all the time. With hands this big, how can I be so careless? Have you ever seen movies where they're ta they had like a, a, a catcher out there in the field? And I always see people who, who drop everything. Sometimes you feel like, man, they need a bigger hand to catch it. But that's what we need. We need to be not careless, but to be careful. Well, we'll talk about that in a moment. So, oh, wait a minute. I skipped something. Let me, before I get to the C minuses, I apologize. I skipped something because I knew there was something I was missing. I apologize. I, before I get to the C minuses, let me go back to the C, just the regular C's. I apologize. A lot of times, the people back to the C's, I apologize. The C's, we need to be, uh, a lot of times people feel in the C world, they feel that uh, they don't know what they need to know in life. They don't know what they need to know. But that's where this C comes in handy. God gives us convenience. He gives us a convenient knowledge of God's word. And that comes through the Holy Spirit. It comes through the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can give us that convenience of the Word of God. But how does that happen? It happens by studying the Word, reading the Word, because it's not there in your mind to bring up if, it, if you never put it there. It's like saying, I don't know why I don't have any strength. Have you eaten? Have you taken your vitamins? Have you done the things you need? It, I used to get mad if I'd had a seizure. Well, if I didn't take my medication, no wonder I had a seizure. It, it's like if you, if, you've had, uh, if you have an illness and you don't know why you're feeling weak today, have you taken your medicine? Are you listening to your doctors? Are you doing the things you're supposed to do? If you're not doing the things you're supposed to do, why are you upset? God has given you the Holy Spirit to help you, but if you don't have the things to back it up, reading the Word of God, going to church, doing the things you need to do to help back it up and make sure you have it there to pull out when you need it, 
Well, no wonder. No wonder you don't have it. So we need to have that convenient knowledge of God's word through the Holy Spirit. What does it say in Luke 12, 12? Oh, this is a good one, folks. Keep this with you. Luke 12, 12. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at the time what you should say. Hallelujah. Isn't that a good one? Ooh, I got to stand up. And Lord E. McCain. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at the time what you should say. And I like this. This is David speaking now. Psalm 119, verse 125. Oh, it's got a lot. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. Psalm 119, verse 125. I am your servant. Grant me understanding that I may know your testimonies. You may say, I don't know the word. I don't understand the word. I don't either on my own. But when the Holy Spirit comes in, boom, 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 boom. It defines it. I understand it. And the Holy Spirit helps me to define it and speak it. I can't do it on my own. Boy, when I was trying to read it without the Holy Spirit talking through me and to me, I was dumber than a box of rocks. But then the Lord started speaking to me. And man, all of a sudden I could see it. I could read it. Who hallelujah. Because it's not me. It's him through me. Praise the Lord God. And then John 3, 34. John 3, 34. Oh, I love this. John 3, 34. Remember, John, excuse me, hello. I meant to say that the Lord Jesus Christ, who's he speaking to? He's speaking to Nicodemus. Remember that that chapter? That chapter, he's been speaking to him. He's been speaking to him about, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. You know all that. But he goes on to say, for he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives the spirit without measure to him. He give it to the Lord Jesus. He'll give it to you. He gives it the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. It's through the Holy Spirit that we have knowledge, not through ourselves, because on our own, we have nothing. Without him, I can do nothing. But with Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, we can do it because it's not us, it's him. And then remember this, and we'll talk more about this next week. You are a soldier. You are a Christian soldier. You are a crusader, a Christian soldier, but you need to be constant. You need to be constant. You need to be constant in church attendance, in fellowship, in Bible study, in obedience, and in service. Be constant in these things, because when you are not, you know what happens? You get weak. You get weak. When you're not dieting, you get weak in your diet. You're not in shape. Take it from me, I know. When you're not in the, the gym working out, you become weak in those things. When you're not dieting, you become weak in those things. I don't know why I'm not fitting my clothes like I used to. Yes, you do know why. I don't know why I'm not fitting in my armor of God like I once did. Yes, you do know why. Because you're not being constant and consistent in your church attendance, in your fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, in your Bible study and in your reading every day, in your prayer life, in your, your, your praising of the Lord Jesus Christ every day. You're not being obedient when he tells you not to do these things. You're not being uh, obedient in your service to the Lord. Well, he understands. Yes, he does understand. He understands you're not obedient in these things. He understands completely. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you, but he doesn't necessarily love what you're doing. Any parent knows this. You always love your child, but you don't always love what your child is doing. You can say amen. I understand. <laughs> this is what it says in 2 Timothy 2, 4. 
2 Timothy 2.4 says this, and I'll be using these next week, because believe me, we'll talk more about it. 2 Timothy 2.4, no soldier on active duty entangles himself with civilian affairs that he may please the enlisting officer. What does that mean? That means if you want to please the Lord God, you don't act like a civilian. You don't go act out there as if you're on vacation because you're not on vacation. You're a soldier of the Lord God. You are a soldier of the Lord God. You're not on vacation, soldier. You're not on vacation, Christian crusader, soldier. You're not on vacation. What are you doing on vacation? You're not on leave. A Christian soldier is never on leave. Oh, we can't have vacation? Not from your salvation. You're not supposed to take a vacation from serving Jesus, from loving the Lord God. Do you want God to take a vacation from you? No. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone saying, boy, I wish God would quit talking with me. And, and okay, I'm sure we want that sometimes as far as when we don't want to feel convicted. But I can't imagine God, anyone ever saying, Lord, I'm praying to you because I'm in a lot of pain right now. I'm praying to you about some family matters and all, but where are you at, Lord? Where are you at? Oh, you're on vacation. That's right. I want you to take a vacation just like I want to take a vacation. No, we don't want that. We don't want God to take a vacation, and we shouldn't take a vacation either because believe it or not, God does have feelings. He loves you. He wants you to be obedient to him and serve him just like you want him to be there for you. Be there for him. Psalm 18, verse 39. Listen what is said. I believe this is David again, if I'm not mistaken. For you clothed me with your strength for the battle. You subdued, you subdued under me those who rose up against me. God gives us strength against the enemy. He gives us strength against the enemy. He got us prepared, gave us strength for the battle. Uh, we need to be ready for battle. Be constant in our church attendance. Constant in fellowship. Constant in Bible study. Constant in obedience and service. That's what a Christian soldier needs to be. A Christian citizenship needs to be. Moving on now to C-. minus. I talk, talked about the corrosion and the carnality and carelessness. C stands for carelessness. Listen to what it says in Matthew 12, 36. Matthew 12, 36, but I say to you that for every idle word that men speak, men being person, every idle word that a person speaks, man speaks, that they will give an account on the day of judgment. We need not be careless what we say. Oh, folks, I wish I could tell you that I've never said something stupid. But that's not true. And I'm sure you, you, you probably have to, but I'm just guessing. We need to be very careful what comes out of our mouth. We really do. Proverbs 20, verse 25. Robert, Proverbs 20, verse 25 says, Don't trap yourself by making a rash promise to God and only later counting the cost. In other words, be very careful. Be very, very careful what you say, what you promise. Because the Lord knows, he knows that you're not going to keep it or that you will, but just be very careful. Don't trap yourself in there. The second C in this uh, situation, C minus that is, is contempt. Many people have contempt towards the Lord. We, and this is for Christian soldiers, by the way, for Christians, for Christians, not just people, but for Christians. 
We're not to be in contempt of the Lord. We're to love him and be there for him. Listen to what it says in Matthew 7, 6. Do not get Matthew 7, 6 again. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor throw your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn around and attack you. Make sure you're careful about who you're with and what you're with. Make sure that you're with good Christian folk. And make sure that you don't just make vows and uh, waste all your time on worldly things. Too many people, too many Christians even, are spending their time with the world and wondering why their, their life is all messed up. It's messed up because you're, you're trying to spend your time turning people Christian, and that's really not your job, that's the Lord's job. The fact of the matter is, is if God has laid it on your heart to be friendly to him, that's one thing. But you don't need to be best pals with the world because that will persuade you, not them. And the Lord doesn't want that. You can be kind to him, but don't spend your days with him. There's too many scriptures that tell us not to do that. This is what it says in Romans 2, verse 4. Romans 2, 4. Romans 2, 4 says this. Do you despise the riches of his goodness, being Jesus, of his goodness, tolerance, and patience, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Stick with Jesus. Don't be content, contempt with him. Stick with the Lord God. Too many Christians are C minus. That means compromised. We're compromised and more worldly than godly. We're compromised in the truth. Compromised in God's word. There's so many Christians, and I'm talking about that contemporary churches out there. They're compromised, and they want to change the meaning of God's word. They try to change it to mean what they want it to mean. Lean not to thine own understanding, as we often say. Don't change the word to mean what you want it to. Oh, I don't think God minds if I'm doing stuff out of wedlock. I don't think God minds if I steal this. I don't think God minds if I'm sleeping with someone who's of my same sex, the same sex. God minds. He says it in his word over and over again. Does God want you to still love him? Of course he wants you to love him. But he also wants you to be honest and truthful, loving and kind, and yet honest. Honest. We're not to be compromised. This is what it says in John 14, 15. This is Jesus speaking. He says, if you love me, John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's as simple as that. If you love the Lord God, if you love Jesus, you're going to keep his commandments. If you don't love him, well, don't. But pastor, everybody fails. That's not the point. But when you realize that you failed, when you realize you messed up, get back up again with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and follow him. He will help you. Pastor, what happens if I've already made a mistake? Then go to Jesus. He'll help you. It's not the point that you made a mistake. We've all done it. The point is that you don't continue and be compromised and ignore the Holy Spirit. If you're feeling bad right now because you're compromised in certain areas join the club we've done that but the holy spirit will help you to get out of it i've been compromised in the past but we don't need to stay in the compromised mucky water get out of that water get back to where jesus christ can get you out of it because he will he will help you that doesn't mean you've lost your salvation but you've lost that close relationship we'll talk about that in a moment okay Another verse to help you with being with the compromisation is James 4.17. It says in James 4.17, 
Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, it is sin. So many people say, well, sin is different for everybody. We know what's sin and we know when it is sin. And the fact that we have to make excuses about it. That's usually when we know for a fact it's not only sin, but that we are justifying it. Is it really sin that I took that thing that didn't belong to me? I mean, in my own mind, it belonged to me. It's in the earth. God did create it after all, after all, and I'm God's child. So doesn't that mean technically it was God's and he gave it to me? No, you know, you know, you know when you're taking something that doesn't belong to you. You know when you're doing something wrong. You know when you give it into lust. You know when you give it into hatred. You know when you're saying a word you shouldn't say. You know when you're being racist. You know, and all, whatever it might be. I could go on and on, but I won't because... I think you already understand. How about this? I mentioned a while ago, convenient knowledge of God's word, the Holy Spirit. How about this? How about convenient ignorance? Convenient ignorance of God's word. How about, or convenient misunderstanding of God's word. And I'm talking about either different religions or back to contemporary churches. They conveniently have ignorance of God's word. They, oh, I didn't know it said that. Now, maybe they didn't. Maybe people didn't. But how many churches change the meaning of God's word so that they can live in a sin or live a sinful life? I've seen pastors do it. Oh, uh, I don't believe there's a hell. Wait, you must be missing over half the Bible. Open your eyes, son. Come on. And you're teaching and preaching to people and you're sending them to hell saying there is no such place. I could say there's no such place as Columbus, Missouri that I'm standing in right now. But there is. Okay, it's very small. You blink and you might miss it, but I'm here. Come on. I went to a place called Liberal, Missouri for a time. It is very small. I'm not kidding you. First time I went to Liberal, Missouri, I was in and out of there in 30 seconds. But it's real. It's real. A lot of people don't want to believe the hell's real because they don't want to face the reality of it. But guess what? If you don't have Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, it's not only going to be reality, that is the place you're going to go. You better face the reality and face it now before you have no life left on this earth. Convenient ignorance and misinterpretation of God's word. Hebrews 4.12 says this and remember remember the author was speaking to the israelites to those who had grown up from the old testament teaching it says in hebrews 4 12 for the word of god is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even the divisions of the soul and spirit of joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word is alive. It's real. It's not just the Old Testament. It's the Old Testament. It's the New Testament. It's all that the whole word and it interprets each part. The scripture interprets scripture and the Holy Spirit uses it. It is a weapon to defeat the enemy as we speak in the Sunday school about that. It defeats the enemy. It is for uh, defense, it is for offense, it will help you keep it with you. Don't be ignorant, use it like you need it, because you do. James 4 4, James 4 4, you adulterers, you adulteresses, do you not know that the friendship 
with the word is enmity with God, that means enemy, with God. Whoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Don't be worldly. Don't be of the world. Be of God. Follow him. But I'm not perfect. No one says you're perfect. I know that. I'm not perfect. I know that's not hard to believe. It's not hard to believe at all because I'm not perfect. But guess what? He who lives within me, he who has saved me from damnation, he who has saved me from hell, he is perfect. It's the only reason why we can go to heaven. It's not because of what we do. It's because of the one who died on the cross and rose from the dead is perfect. He is the perfect spotless lamb. And because of that, because I asked him to save me, I'm going to heaven. It's not because I deserve it, but because Jesus Christ does and did, and he saved me. I will never forget it, ever. C minus stands for coward. Many Christians are coward. They're a coward, but we're not to be a coward. We're not to be a coward and stand up for Jesus. I'll talk more about that next week. We're not to be coward. We are to be consistent, consistent in our church attendance consistent in our fellowship, consistent in our Bible study, consistent in our obedience, and consistent in our service. No, 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 we don't need to be coward. Oh, but the world may say this, the people who are lost may say this, my brother, my sister, my cousin, my ugly cousin who I never see. Folks, I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter who it might be. We're not to be a coward or what they may say or what they could say or how your feelings may be hurt. The fact of the matter is, is I don't care what they say. In the end, when you die, and you will, when you die, you're not going to have to stand up to your cousin, your brother, your sister, your ugly cousin who you never see. You're going to have to stand up before the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you do, your knee will bow, your tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And what are you going to say? Oh, I'm sorry. I was afraid what they was going to say. Don't be a coward. Stand up and be brave and have courage. Have the courage that you need because Jesus Christ gave it to you. But all the C minus people, and, and I listen, I'm talking about the C minus people who are Christians. We're talking about the Christians who are cowards. Oh, but I work in a place where people don't understand. They don't understand, but maybe they need to understand because they see the courageousness of Jesus Christ living within you. I'm not saying be in their face and be cruel. No. I'm talking about being loving and courageous. Maybe they need someone to talk to. Believe me, I know. I used to work in a place where people would mock me, make fun of me, and say Jesus is nothing and all this other stuff. But one-on-one, -on -one, they'd come to me. One at a time, they'd come to me. And talk to me about Jesus. By the way, please don't misunderstand. This is not a pat you on the back, Philip. Oh, you're so great. No, 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 no. I'm saying this to you to, so that you know when you're afraid to stand up for Christ, don't be. Don't be uh, cowardice. Be courageous because Jesus can use you today. He can use you tomorrow at work. I know it's simple to be fearful. I know and I understand I've been there, but God just might use you to bring someone to him. It'll be God doing it, but he can use you. You wonderful Christian. As we are out here in citizenship, receive a C plus. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. This is what it says in Proverbs 28, verse 1. The wicked flee. This is Proverbs 28, verse 1. The wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. I love that verse. The wicked flee when no man pursues. Oh, and they do. What the coward. I often think of the cowardly lion. You remember the cowardly lion from Wizard of Oz? Oh, I love him. Put him up, put him up. And then he flee. 
Oh, he was a coward. But listen, don't be a cowardly lion. Be a courageous lion. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. Oh, they are. Proverbs 29, verse 25. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever puts his trust in the Lord will be safe. Put your trust in the Lord. Trust and obey. There's no other way. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. You can control yourself. That's 2 Timothy 1, 7. You can control. And then here's the last part of C minus. I talked about all the corrosion and carnality where it brings carelessness, contempt, compromisation, convenient ignorance of God's word, cowardice, and now confusion. It brings confusion. Remember, confusion is not of God. We're not to be confused. But I get confused. Well, that's not of God. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 14.33, and I'll mention this coming up real soon. Confusion is not of God. Not at all. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says this to us, and remember it. 1 Corinthians 14.33, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. If you are confused, even when you read the word, if you are confused, Take it to the Lord in prayer or call your pastor. Call me. I'll talk with you. And if I don't know, you know, what's so beautiful about YouTube. There's a lot of stupid things on YouTube. I got to tell you a lot of stupid, stupid things, a lot of vicious things on YouTube, a lot of evil things on YouTube. There's a lot of evil things on Facebook. But guess what? There's also a lot of great things on YouTube, a lot of great things on YouTube. And there's a lot of wonderful things. You can look up a lot of great ministers like Dr. David Jeremiah, a lot of wonderful ministers. Charles Stanley and others. They're right there. You can watch them all. Billy Graham. In fact, we're on YouTube right now. Yeah, you who are watching on YouTube. Oh, he's talking about us. Yeah, you, yeah, you. So the fact of the matter is, is you can see all sorts of things you need to see. Look up the scriptures. Look them up. You can find them. 2 Timothy 2.7. 2 Timothy 2.7. Consider what I am saying, and may the Lord grant you understanding in all things. Remember, remember. Through the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, you can understand these things. It's through the Holy Spirit. We can understand these things. It's not on our own. It's not on our own. Consider what I am saying, and may the Lord grant you understanding in all things. The Holy Spirit can give us understanding. You say, I can't do it on my own. Okay, okay. But you don't have to be confused. Because the Holy Spirit gives us understanding. And one last thing. You want to have a C in citizenship. You don't want a C minus because you don't want confusion and carnality. You don't want that. But what you really want besides a C is a C plus. You want a C plus in Christian citizenship. And a C plus stands for a contrite spirit. A contrite spirit. A contrite spirit towards God. Now I'll admit to you. When I was very young, I'll admit to you that when I was very young, I would hear the word contrite, and it didn't sound nice to me. I didn't know what the word contrite meant. It almost sounds like you're being contrary, and I think that's what I got confused with. Contrite and contrary sounded kind of similar to me. And so when I hear people say, you need to have a contrite spirit, it's like, ah, I don't want to be contrary towards the Lord. <laughs> 
We don't want that. But listen what contrite means. We need to have a contrite spirit towards the Lord. Contrite means to have an admittance, to have an admittance of sin. Not just an admittance of sin, but a remorse. That means to be penitent. To have a penitent attitude means to be have repentance. To have a repentance so that we follow God. So a lot of people can admit that they've done something wrong. But until you admit it and repent of it and have a, uh, a be a penitent man or a woman, be very penitent of what you've done and be on your hands and knees and follow the Lord God, be repentant of the things you've said and done, be repentant of your sins. You cannot be a true C plus Christian in citizenship because when you have a repentant heart, God wants to use you to lead others to Jesus Christ. I've known people who have had, they've admitted their sins and they can be loving and caring at times, but they can also seem a little holier than thou at times too. We got to be careful of that. But if you have a contrite spirit towards the Lord God, you can be used of God to bring others to the Lord, especially the C minus uh, Christians. That is the careless, the con contempt, compromised, conveniently ignorant Christians and the cowardly and confused Christians. You can bring those C minus Christians, those who are involved with corrosion and carnality, you can bring them back to the Lord. By how? By being a Christian, the C plus Christian of the contrite spirit, the one who's admitted of their sins and repented of their sins. Bring them back. Okay, I got two verses for you. They're both from the, 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 the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah says this Isaiah 57, verse 15. Isaiah 57, verse 15 says, For thus says the high and lofty, high and lofty one who inhibits, excuse me, inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him who is of contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. The Lord God was speaking to those who had been Running away from him. God was speaking to those of Israel who've been running away from him and doing their own thing. And he said, be contrite, fall down in, in obedience and come back to me. And he knew he would. He said it again in Isaiah 66, verse 2. For my hand made all those things, thus all those things have come to be, says the Lord. But to this man I will look, even to him who is poor and of contrite spirit, and trembles at my word. We are to be a contrite spirit, not just to say I've done wrong, but to say I've done wrong and I'm going to get back up and follow God, be admittant and repentant to the Lord God and follow him with all my heart and soul. We Christians in the citizenship, we need to be repentant to get back up and follow God, not to stay in that C minus corrosion and carnality, to be careless and contempt and compromise and inconvenient ignorance of the word and be cowardly and confused. No, we need to be caring, compassionate, cordial, and considerate. We need to make sure that we have convenient knowledge of the God's word through the Holy Spirit. To be a crusader, a Christian soldier, which we'll speak about more next week. We need to make sure we have that contrite spirit. And I'm going to sum all that up in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. It says, we are troubled on every side yet not distressed. We are perplexed, 
but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. And always carrying around in the body the death of the Lord Jesus, that also the life of Jesus might be expressed in our bodies. Jesus is with us always. Jesus is with us always. Remember, he carries us around. We should carry him around too, always. Be with him. And in closing, in the closing, I say this. Make sure you have that contrite spirit following Christ. It says in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Make sure we are the same. Don't fall down to the sea minus corrosion and carnality, but make sure your spirit is contrite. Make sure that you are always following Christ. Put him first. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, I pray for all of my brothers and sisters in Christ and those who are here and those who are not. And I pray, Lord God, that you help us to be contrite never contrary, always prepared to serve, be obedient and repentant of the things that we've done wrong. Lord, if there be anyone here today who does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, or perhaps they're questioning it because of things that they may have stumbled over, I pray, Lord God, that you will help them to understand that you still love them. And I pray that, Lord, if they need prayer for that today, that you will help them to come forward and to know that this is a time of prayer that they could come forward. And Lord, I pray that as we gather here in a moment, that people will come forward and understand that that contrite spirit will help them to continue to go on. Never be ashamed. Never be ashamed to, uh, to the moment of admittance and repentance because those are important moments. Those are important moments to go on with their life and never look back, but always look forward to what you've done for them. Lord, I pray that this church will grow. I pray not just this, the people in this building, but Lord, the people who serve you at home too. I pray that, Lord God, every single member will grow as they serve you. Grow spiritually, Lord. And Lord, mentally and emotionally and spiritually, Lord, that they will feel your touch upon them. I pray this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen.